Oregon held off a challenge from Washington State to take the Pac-12 North. They're going to meet Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. We've got Lincoln Riley, shock hire from Oklahoma to USC. But it's all small potatoes, my friends. The story of the week. Kalen DeBoer from Fresno State to Washington. We're going to talk about all that more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fan. Ineligible receiver. Offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So we started off last week on Friday with the default rivalry, Utah and Colorado. Colorado were big, or Utah rather, were big favorites in this game, uh, and they were comfortable the entire way. The game wasn't a contest at all, but the number ended up being too big. Utah, 28 to 13. Yep. Cruise control mode for Utah at this point. I mean, that's not bad when you when you're already clinched, you know, and like you can still go out and put a nice little tidy beat down, even though, you know, Colorado's terrible. But it's a it's a good good win for the Utes. Yeah, I mean, amazing. Uh, here's a guy I feel like I haven't been talking about enough over the course of the year, Travion Thomas, uh, the running back for Utah. I mean, this is a guy who had 100 134 rushing yards through their first four games. Uh, and, uh, since then this was his fourth hundred yard game, uh, including, I mean, he had 160 against UCLA, 177 against Stanford, and he had 142 this week. This guy is, I mean, well, I've been watching more and more Utah because they're the, you know, the main relevant team in the South. And I feel like every time I have one of their games on and I look up, it's Travion Thomas going in for a touchdown. Yeah, well, he kind of broke out against Stanford a couple of weeks ago, right? Where like he was literally every time he touched the ball, he was going forty plus yards. Um, yeah, and, he and had, since then he's kind of gone, you know, kept kept that momentum. Yeah, he had the in back in three consecutive games: UCLA, Stanford, and Oregon. He scored a combined eleven touchdowns. That can't be too much, too many fewer than Washington scored the entire season. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, I mean, he's got 18 touchdowns on the year. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, for a guy who wasn't even the featured back, like coming in, or yeah, you know, like wasn't wasn't the go-to guy at least. But good yeah, for him, he man. did. He didn't. Care, he didn't get his 20th carry until their fifth game, and he has 18 touchdowns. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I said Travion. It's Tavion. Excuse me. Um, I'll get it right. He just needs to score 20 more touchdowns, and then I'll learn what his name is. Uh, next up, we had Notre Dame and Stanford on Saturday. Yikes! I mean, what is what is to be said about this? We, I mean, we know Stanford is absolutely dog shit. Uh, but I guess this game takes on import kind of after the fact. The last Brian Kelly game at Notre Dame. They won. They won. <laughs> they won to improve to eleven and one. Uh, outside shot at making the playoff this season. Their coach says, "I've seen enough." That guy, by from all accounts, is a real dick bag. Yeah. And well, I, he was only getting paid three million a year there at Notre Dame, which is though? I don't understand that. They just were. They just. I've. I don't know. They've. They. They have like a view of themselves where they're only going to pay so much. I guess. I don't know. I wonder if he demanded more or like gave Notre Dame an opportunity to match, 
or something. I mean, you'd think they would have had to match it, right? Because he's got, he's, you know, I think this is like four or five, ten win seasons in a row. Uh, and the recruiting has been improving and improving and improving. Like, he's finally got them to a place where they're kind of knocking on the door, like being back for real. And, yeah, he's just out because he got a 300% raise. Yeah, he tripled his salary. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess I, I mean, I guess I can't fault him there, but, um, yeah, doesn't seem like anybody really likes that guy, but he does. He does win, and he did beat the crap out of Stanford, which you know was to be expected. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting for Notre Dame. I mean, they're not even that. It's not even like that much of an outside shot. I mean, like they there's like a pretty, you know, it's not. I would say like it's it's like one in three chance, but it's not like a crazy, you know. They need they need Cincy to lose. Yep. They'd need Oklahoma State to lose. Which is possible. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that gets them... That's five and four. And that would get them in, I think. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right? I mean, that, that could happen. Yeah, absolutely that could happen. And then there'll be... Well, he's like, uh, I'm going to go back and coach the playoff. Yeah. This, this will be good for us. Yeah. I'll wear LSU stuff. Yeah. On the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have BYU and USC. BYU looking to complete quite a feat of going five and zero in the Pac-12. Uh, they uh, end up taking care of business in a game that was maybe a little closer than the experts would have thought. I've, I don't know what the, I don't recall what the line was on this game, but BYU end up winning at thirty-five to thirty-one. Yeah, it was BYU minus seven. So USC covers, puts up thirty-one points, um, and you know what? BYU goes five and zero, and nobody, as of today, nobody cares because nobody because cares. USC made themselves a coaching hire, and they are off and running again as a program. And so, congrats to BYU. Nobody cares. Yep, uh, I agree with that. And BYU is going to be able to parlay this into, I mean, probably like you know, like the worst New Year's Day bowl, right? They'll be like in the Peach Bowl, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably, but they their their problem is is that they're they don't have a conference. And they're not Notre Dame. And so they just don't have the cachet. Like, you know, like these bulls are going to go out of their way to try and not take them. Yeah. Um, because they don't care for, you know, BYU. It doesn't do them any good. So I, I think they may back into one, but it's not going to be because they're, it's like the bulls excited to have them. Yeah. I mean, there's a reasonable shot. They end up in like the old Boise state circumstance where they like lose one game and are end up playing on like December 27th. Yeah, it's like the, it, it's the like Las noon. Vegas Bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Las Vegas Bowl. Yeah, which I've been to. It's a delight, but yeah, <laughs> not you didn't feel like you were in the spotlight. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we had a territorial cup: Arizona State and Arizona. Um, I mean, this was this game. I would say I thought Arizona. They've been keeping things close recently, but they end up losing pretty solidly to uh, WSU and they lose, uh, big to Arizona state. And this one also in the neighborhood of the number though, 23. Yeah. The number was 20 and a half. So the, so ASU covered. Good for them, man. I, man, I thought that was, that was a good, uh, underdog bet there. Um, then UCLA played California, UCLA, uh, quietly ends up being what, I mean, you'd have to say, well, you know what? You have to say they're screwed because, this was their year. Everybody was down, uh, and they end up going eight and four. They did beat USC, which is huge for them. But uh, you know, they lost to Fresno, which is a tough one. 
Uh, and then they lost to the Arizona State, which is the one probably they'll rue the most. And then they lost to the two Pac-12 title game representatives in back-to-back weeks there. But still, you know, I mean, the best season Chip Kelly's had there. Yeah, I mean, they were talking. There was talk of him not being there next year, and I think probably eight and four is tough, makes it tough to, uh, you know, tough to let him go. Worst case scenario, if you're a diehard UCLA fan, because I think at this point you probably recognize that he's not the guy. But the administration's not going to move and pay a huge buyout for a guy who just went eight and four. Yep. So you just got to now suck it up and deal with the fact that you're going to have a you know a lackluster recruiting class because for whatever reason Chip Kelly doesn't like to recruit to Westwood. Seems dumb. Uh, and then there'll be, you know, mediocre again next year. Yep. And then the USC death star is just going to right in their face, gain power. Oh, oh man. That's gonna, they're just going to watch that thing come to completion. Yeah. Wow. Oh, All right. Gonna... Then, uh, go back to, uh, Oregon and Oregon state in the civil war. Uh, this game, I mean, Oregon, uh, they were up 24 to three at the half and Oregon state really fought back to kind of make it credible but Oregon ends up covering the number uh 38 to 29 uh and very comfy you know they they got out way in front and weren't super threatened in this one yeah yeah you gotta say you gotta like you said Oregon was out in front big early um good win for them they avenged the loss from last year uh that Oregon State had you know Oregon State was looking for two in a row couldn't get it um yeah, that's about it that's about all I care to say about this yeah <laughs> Other than this one, I mean, it'll be, uh, yeah, and we'll talk about next week's game next week. So that leaves us with the old Apple Cup for the first time since 2012. The Washington State Cougarinos went out there, and brother, this one was, well, I'll tell you what, Washington has seen, Washington ends up losing handily. Biggest win in the history of the rivalry for Washington State, 27 points. They win 40 to 13. A uh, few things to talk about in this game. Uh, the first thing I'll say is that this followed a script for Washington that was similar to the Oregon State game, the Cal game, uh, the Colorado game. Well, not the Colorado game. I would say Arizona and Cal and Oregon State where you get to halftime and you're like, how the hell is Washington only down one score? UCLA, I believe, was in this camp also. Because yes. Washington State was beating the doors off of Washington in this game uh, the entire time. And then you're thinking, you get to halftime, you're like, God you know, just make one play and these guys will fold. And the Washington offense, as it had been all year, was just utterly inept. And Washington State, on the flip side, Jane Delora looked really affirmative uh, and confident. Um, and WSU, uh, all the credit in the world to them, uh, finally came out there looking like they thought they were going to win the game and did it. Yeah, you said the Washington offense looked inept. I think that's... Um it's a different brand of ineptitude in my mind because, you know, it, for most of the season, they've just been so bad, like yeah. three and out, three and out, three and out. But in this particular instance, they were horrible in a, like spectacularly, like turned it over five times, five picks for young Sam Heward. Um What a debut. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome son. Um, yeah. And you know, so it's like it, they were trying, but they were just not any good. Is, is what I sort of saw, you know, like, um, you know, we're going to look back on this season and say, why didn't Washington run those 12 plays from the Arizona state game over and over? Yeah, they should have. <laughs> They're good. They're good ass. That was the best our offense looked all year. Back to back touchdown drives. And then they just threw it away. Well, that it, that's all we're going to 
the only thing that happened this week? No, I mean, Sam Hewitt sucked. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, and, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, so let's talk about the coaching moves in the conference, right? There's, uh, uh, the first of all, USC did what we have been, you know, uh, just flabbergasted that why begging, they haven't done it yet. Begging them to do for years. They're like, we're going to hire away a winner coach from somebody else and bring him here because who wouldn't want to go to USC? And they finally put that proposition to a winner coach and then he was like, well, yeah, I will go there. Yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I, instead of uh, being in the SEC in two years, I'll be in the Pac-12 South. Yeah, with a 75-year-old Herm Edwards as like my main like rival like yeah uh, i'll take that yeah i mean uh just what what a hire for usc i mean that's that when when you're dreaming about a coaching turnover you know you're like that that's that's like the type of thing like the idiot fan says you know like they'll be like well fucking fire jimmy lake we'll get lincoln riley yeah (laughs) yeah no you won't no but usc they were like yes we will it's it's I, I was arguing this this point on a on a on a thread last week, where I was like, it's USC. They like every time they have a coaching search, they should just make a list of the top five coaches in the game, and just start going down the list. You know, yeah. like Saban would probably say no. Yeah. You know, who and then I mean, like I think Lincoln Riley's probably like in that like he probably is like four or five. I don't know. Like he's he's probably makes the top five. Yeah. Like, it works. You know, like it's just like just get out of your own damn way. Yeah, who besides him? Yeah, it's like it's Saban, Dabo, and then Lincoln Riley's in that next group with like, uh, I mean, like you know, guys who are excellent. But Jimbo, Jimbo's got a national title, so I guess you can throw him in there. I mean, he's maybe he's five. I don't know. I mean, he's I I, I mean, yeah, like who who else? Like you say Ryan Day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is like for sure better than him. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's like, and it's it's just a no brainer if you're SC. Like you just start down the list, and it's not going to be long until you find some guy who lives in Norman, Oklahoma. Who's like, yeah, LA sounds better, you know. Like yeah. half his recruiting class is from LA, anyways. You know, I mean, it's like they've already had like seven guys decommit Oklahoma. Man, they're they're in a world of hurt. I mean, that, yeah, they're, <laughs> <laughs> like, they're about to they're about to find themselves like in the SEC, like scratching it out with Arkansas every year for like third place in one of those divisions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're going to try and make a, a a splash higher too. But I mean, like they're. Like they're they're literally in the realm of like offering Nick Saban twenty five million dollars a year kind of thing. Like, yeah. like they need they need they need this to happen because their recruiting class has ex- exploded on them. All those guys are going to SC now. The coach yeah. the coach is gone. They're furious, you know. Like and it's a fan base that did not consider this like was possible. You know, like this was never going to happen to them. Yeah. Um, how quickly how quickly things change. Yeah. Yeah. But all so, of a sudden you're like. Who the, yeah, because then you're left for the first time since Stoops got there. You're like, who the fuck wants to come coach here? Yeah, I, I can't think. I mean, like, Brian Kelly just left, right? Which means Notre Dame's open. Um, yeah. Which means they're not even the best job right now. <laughs> like, And so, yeah. I mean, I think they're dumb enough to spend any amount of money. So, I mean, I think that's what they have going for them is that Notre Dame's cheap. And they they will literally probably, you know, try and go higher cliff kingsbury or something for like 15 million dollars a year um you know but it's like you got to get some guy to move to norman oklahoma and i mean that sounds hard i don't know i don't know why you'd do that like <laughs> i feel like it would this is messed up but like a meeting with like the local police 
saying that like they're like some things that maybe like might be more criminalized other places for you were you know willing to give you a wide berth yeah it's not even the rules <laughs> like, do not apply to you yeah, sir. yeah 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 you're, in fact, this is not widely known outside of the state, but you actually are the highest law enforcement authority in the state. Yeah. Uh, well, I will be. I'm super fascinated to see who they bring in. But I mean, great hire for USC, and they finally did what you and I wanted. So I guess we're about to get what we want, which is USC. It's about to become a fucking machine. Um. So, I mean, good good for them. I I think it's really good for the Pac-12 conference that needs this desperately. You yeah. have them vaulted back into the top 10 programs. Um, and so, I, you know, I think from... You have to have it. You have to have USC. You can't have... Because Oregon is not going to be there every year. And Washington isn't going to be there every year. USC has an opportunity to, by default, be ranked the fourth best team in the country every year. And what you get off of that is everybody in the nation having to pay attention to when they're playing Colorado, when they're playing California, when they're playing, you know, every school in this conference, that becomes a game that national people have to pay attention to. Yeah, I agree. So good hire for them. Uh, second best hire of the week in my estimation. <laughs> yep. I agree with that. Uh, what, what, uh, so Washington Huskies, right. Also had a coaching vacancy because two, you know, you, you say bad on Jen Cohen for hiring Jimmy Lake, right? Maybe that, process wasn't as rigorous as it should have been obviously in retrospect uh and the jimmy lake thing didn't pan out on the flip side good for her for cutting bait immediately you know like the, as as quick as you could have reasonably done it he technically didn't even have a losing record as a coach at washington when they were like get the fuck out of here yeah right? i but agree was, with that it, it I think was still 100 percent right that's that's the thing that if you're like i've been pretty down on cohen for a while now and i but I sat back and thought about it and was like, okay, the Jimmy Lake hire is bad in retrospect, but at the time, nobody really questioned it. It, it uh, made sense. You could still kind of squint your eyes and say the Peterson thing largely is still ticking over. We're recruiting as well as we ever have. Yeah. Uh, our defense has been lights out this, you know, for like the better part of a decade at this point. Yeah. Let's, so, let's just keep it going. So your Monday morning quarterbacking to say that that was a bad hire. I think it was just, it didn't work. And that's, yeah. I mean, fair or unfair, you're an AD, you're going to get, you're, you get the result of your hire, whether it's good or bad. And so it doesn't matter what people think at the time, it matters what the result is. And that yeah, the, yeah. the result is it's bad. So it's, but yeah. nobody's to, ever like, oh, that coach won a national championship. But to be fair, nobody could have known that was going to happen at the time. So I'm not going to credit the AD. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, but to your point, like after we lost the Montana game, and I'll say even, like, I perhaps held out a little bit of hope without knowing how good Michigan was this year. I held out a little bit of hope, like, maybe that was just a complete an anomaly, right? And we're going to go in and look credible in the big house and we'll be mad because we just lost to Montana. And so that'll, you know, that'll spark. But, like, so so let's say after week two, it if you, you know, if you and I talked about it and it, it – you know, the best case scenario for Washington was exactly what happened. Yeah. Get to the end of the year. He's not the guy. You know, don't spend another two years relearning that lesson over and over and over again. Uh -huh. Just get him out. Um, pay the money. You made a mistake. You know, even if nobody knew it at the time, it is what it is. You know, see you later, man. And so 
credit, like credit to Jen Cohen for that because UW cut bait. I mean, he certainly didn't help himself. And I mean, it may have been harder to do it sooner if he hadn't been such a jerk off um, at every opportunity, but he was. So they cut bait and now they get to hire a new coach and we get to, you know, hit refresh with a pretty decent roster. Yeah, and the coach they end up hiring is the guy we were talking about for a couple of weeks, Kalen DeBoer from Fresno State, uh, who, uh, from what I understand, Washington made a run at Matt Campbell at Iowa State, who had the benefit of having uh, five years as a Power 5 coach, I want to say, at Iowa State, uh, where he's been good, not great, but he's you know he's won some games. He's had them kind of eight or nine wins, uh, plucky team uh, that is not a traditional power by any stretch of the imagination punching well above their weight, right? So there's a guy who's shown he can do it uh, to some extent with the big boys. And so Washington, from what I understand, went to him with an offer of five years and $35 million. Uh, And Matt Campbell, uh, uh, perhaps seeing that Notre Dame and Oklahoma were about to come open, (laughs) was like, no, I'm going to pass on that for whatever reason. Uh, And then uh, Washington didn't dick around, you know. Nope. Uh, They went down the list. They said, we got this other guy uh who's out west already who at every job he's ever had has succeeded uh in football right like everywhere he goes the offense improves uh and the team wins more um including you know that insane run at naia that he had but also more recently and more impressively uh making indiana an offensive force in the big 10 uh, getting Fresno State to nine wins this year, heading into their conference championship or their excuse me their bowl game, uh, so they have a chance to have a ten win season. Uh, and you know, I mean, the the guy has demonstrated that he wins. And Washington went out and got him. Uh, Washington's offense, even under Peterson, uh, had been had become moribund, uh, uh, not exciting, not inspiring. Uh, this guy has shown the ability to put up points. He's done it over and over. So that addresses one of the big problems people have had with the product on the field. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to have him. I mean, well, I think what the what you say to detract from the hire is that he hasn't shown he can do it at a Power 5 level. And there's questions about how he's going to kind of slot into the recruiting game. Uh, on the other hand, uh you could, for positive points, I mean, you look at his obscene win-loss record as a head coach, uh, which is, you know, like 70-something against 10, something like that. Uh, and the fact that yeah, what I like about him is that this is not a guy who, uh, you know, was like well-known when he started out his coaching career and kind of got hired off the back of being a coordinator at a team that was going to win anyway, you know? Like this, this is a guy who has worked up like this, uh, nothing given to him, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he certainly, you know, fits the profile of the type of coach that if you're not going to get the hot name, you know, which, you know, Washington made a shot, took their run at Campbell. Um, then, then the next, the next step is hire smart and, like you said, this dude has not failed anywhere. He's not coming off being fired from a big name program or another, you know, he didn't have to go the, you know, get fired, go be a coordinator some year somewhere. And now he's coming back in with like all these lessons learned kind of thing. It's like, no, he hasn't had that experience because he's just been good everywhere he's gone. He's always gone up because people want him around. He was at yeah. Fresno for two years under Jeff Tedford, 
went to Indiana for a year. Uh, and then when Jeff Tedford had to step down for health reasons, Fresno brought him back and hired him. They liked him, you know, like they wanted him back and they hired him as their head coach. And he was there for two years. And this year is in his second season. Like you said, he's nine and three. Um, yeah. And they should be 10 and two. Like they, they sort of punted a, a game to Hawaii. Um, yeah. And so it's, it is, it is a good hire. I mean, I think it, it, when we'll see, right. I mean, again, it's the same thing you get, Jane Cohen's going to get judged by her, by the result, not, not what we're sitting here saying today, but he seems to understand the, the assignment, which is, you know, call, you know, hire a good staff and go recruit the hell out of the, you know, the West coast because SC is about to be a monster. Oregon's not going anywhere. Like you better get on it, uh, which is something that Lake seemed to completely miss uh, in his, in his, you know, analysis of how to win um, was like, you got to be a presence everywhere. He seems to understand that. And like you said, his win loss record as a head coach is insane. So yeah, you're going to take a shot on somebody, take a shot on a guy like Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, that was the uh, the extent of my vetting process was really looking at the win loss record, looked at you know the offensive output to see if it tracked year over year, and then watched one YouTube interview with him to make sure he didn't have a lisp. Yeah, like <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, this works. Yeah, that's great. Let's bring him in. You know, this is fine. Yeah. Seems coachish. Yeah, yeah. He looks. Oh, he's a hell of a coach looking guy. Yeah, I mean, he's got the he's totally coachy. You know. <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, he's putting together his staff right now. Looks like he's going to bring a couple guys with him from Fresno, but the majority of his staff are going to be guys he goes and gets. I mean, from what what you've uh, relayed and it seems to be out in the stratosphere there is that Washington offered, you know, Campbell seven, seven and a half million a year. And, it, you know, DeBoer is in for three, which means, you know, and, and on top of whatever they offered Campbell, they'd have to have a big pool for, for you know, assistance. So that pool just got that much bigger. So I would imagine Washington's going to swing for the stars here on their, uh, on their, you know, coordinator and, and support staff hires. Um, because, you know, again, that's Oregon has taken that approach and it's worked out for them with, you know, really, really head coach quality guys at their coordinator roles. And yeah, they leave, but um, then they just reload with other quality coaches and it seems to work for them. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about from last week is at the end of the game, right, when the WSU fans rushed the field, to got, not to step back from the optimism we have over Kalen DeBoer, but WSU has their fans on the field at Husky Stadium. What do you make of uh, Jane DeLora uh, waving the flag and planting it on the W at Husky Stadium? I mean, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like on the one hand, I'm like, well, you know, winners win, you get to do what you want, right? And And really it doesn't matter, right? It matters to the extent you say it matters. Now, where that can be used, right, is there, I do think that there should be a loop of that video uh, in the weight room. Yeah, I I mean, there's several videos, right? You got Mario Cristobal saying that Washington is everything that's wrong with college football. And when you you beat them, you you let them know about it. You rub their face in it. You got that from the the stream from Kayvon Thibodeau. So you got that. You got the, the, you know, the, the level of disrespect um, oh, it's high. Yeah. And I, is, I think, I, yeah, I agree with that. There's a few of those. And I think one of the things you, you ought to take from that, if you're Washington and looking to use it, is say, look, look at how desperate these people are to keep us down because they know what can happen here. Yeah. Well, and, and just look at how much, I mean, you know, it's, it's different because with Oregon, that's just, that's just who they are. They're just, yeah. soul, they're just soulless assholes. Um, yeah. 
Whereas WSU, you know, you and I both sort of like WSU, you know, most of the time. And I don't really have a problem with Coop fans. They're just like, they're just beat down, dude. They lose all the time. You know, they've lost yeah. seven in a row. Like, they're going to win one. They're going to let you know. I mean, like, they're going to explode. Like, there's too much built up, you know, pent up emotion. Like, they yeah. got to they gotta go for it. And, you know, like, in retrospect, is, is their new coach, uh, Dickert, going to probably wish that he didn't provide, you know, the motivation going into next year's? I don't know. Like maybe, maybe he just says, fuck it. I don't care. Like when yeah. we win, we're going to win. Um, but that but, ought to be his take on it because yeah. like, yeah, what, what you ought to say is step back and say, realistically, if we win four out of 10 of these, we're doing great. And so that, you know, comes with losing six of them. So who cares? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't bother me the way it bothered a lot of people and, you know, Husky Twitter and all this stuff. I, to me, it's just like, yeah, you, you know, like we've got a way to prevent that from happening, and it's if you win, they won't yeah. rush the field, you know. So, you know, and if they and if they do rush the field, then like like you said, watch it, absorb it, put it on a loop in the weight room, and make sure that everybody knows about it going to next year's game, and 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 hopefully in some way it's turned into a positive for Washington in terms of getting you know putting a beat down on them next year. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know. Everything forward with DeBoer, though. I'm excited to see how this goes. And not a lot of time to wait, right? Because we've got early signing day coming up real quick. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be transfer portal. I mean, it's already – that's the one thing about these poor teams now when they lose their coach. Like, it sounds like Fresno State, like, Hayner's going to come back to Washington, which, honestly, I I don't know if I love that or not. But I like it. That's fine. I mean, he's proven he's a good quarterback. So I, I, it's just to me, He's better like, than any quarterback we have on our roster. That's so I've, I've seen, uh, so I'd say if we're trying to win games next year, which I hope is the plan, I think he helps us do that. Yeah. Uh, two Proper, ways. Right? And that, yeah. And yeah, there, that other guy, uh, but with Hayner also, it's like, and that doesn't mean, you know, if, you know, I'm not saying hand him the job, but you know, if Heward beats him out, great, but I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah. That's what I, <laughs> I, my, my thought is just that, that, uh, there's going to be a lot of activity in the portal, so to speak. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, you're going to have an opportunity, I think, to bring in five to 10 guys um, out of that, out of that. <laughs> and two of them, it looks like are coming directly from Fresno uh, Cropper. their great wide receiver is going to come join a wide receiver room. That's actually already good as hell. Um, yeah. So and- if like we can hold on to those other guys. I'd love to keep a Dunze. Uh He's the one I'm worried about leaving. McMillan's local, right? McMillan's already said he's staying because he's a, he know he's from Fresno and he loves, oh. he loves Kalen DeBoer. He's already, he's already like been tweeting at him and been like, I know you. And I mean, and uh, Terrell Bynum's already said he's coming back. So like, I mean, I, I think, I think the receiver room's in good shape, so that's not the issue, but I, I think he's got to, you know, the, the recruiting thing is going to be tough this year, but I think if he hits the portal, maybe get a couple D linemen, that would be nice. Um, then, then, it'll, you know, he'll, he'll make it through. Yeah. Alrighty. So how we doing on picks last week? Uh, you and I went three and four. Tubby went four and three, and Worm went five and two. Whoa. Yeah. Good for him. Forty-two and forty-six for myself and Levine. Forty-one and forty-seven for you, and thirty-eight and fifty for Worm. Okay. There we are. So I'm, am I one game back here? You're one game back of myself and Levine going Ooh, into the man, final. I've only got a Pac-12 title game in the Bulls. No, you've got well in the Cal USC game. Oh yeah, nice. So you got that. Okay. 
Um, so we should is Lincoln Riley coaching this game? I I mean, he's – I can't imagine he is, but – But why not? You why know, not? Paying like, him. He, he's not going to do any worse. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, this, this game is going to be crazy because you know this whole USC team is going to be like, okay, this is tryouts. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, we got to try again. Like, oh, we, we all of a sudden we care about this. I, I I think this game could be comical for USC because, like, they're going to go in thinking they're, like, you know, liner to Reggie Bush, you know, Lendale White-style squad, and they are not that. But Cal's not any good either. So, I mean, they may, I, they may like, look good. I don't know. I like your theory that they're going to come in needing to prove it. I mean, he's he's certainly going to be at the game, right? I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna skip the game. So if he if he's up in a box, I don't even think I don't even know if Cal has that. But I mean, if he's he's you know he's <laughs> it's 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 just like a big cardboard box. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, he's, if he's up in a box, whatever. It's like it's not going to be any secret. Like the dude's going to be watching this game, and he's probably going to be on site. So. I, I'm I'm taking SC. They are uh, cows four point favorites. Also, Crazy. yeah, that's shocking. Yeah, so I'm taking SC. Sorry. Oh man, that's disappointing. Uh, well, who cares, right? I mean, nobody cares about this game. No. Uh, uh yeah, I gotta have USC. I can't be I can't be laying points with Cal. Yeah, Cal's not any good. And I mean, SC put up 31 last. I mean, you know, like they actually they actually hung with BYU on offense. They got Jackson Dart back. Like it's not, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come out with a twenty point, like, oh man, we're good again. Like it turns out we're all highly recruited and we all want to stay. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. So I, you know, <laughs> it would be funny if if Riley because it's SC, right? They don't do the names on the back of their jerseys. It'd be funny if he did the names on the back of their jerseys this week. And he's yeah. just like, I just gotta figure out who's not gonna be here next year. <laughs> you know. <Yep. laughs> keeping track of numbers is too hard because you know we got numbers on offense and defense and all that stuff i just want the names back there (laughs) so so i'm gonna know exactly who you are on every play have fun guys all righty and that leaves us with the pac-12 title game in las vegas mercifully how many years is this the first year away from levi's or did they do it here last year uh no idea because i mean covid i don't even know what they i mean i don't even know i think they did it in levi's last year it sounds familiar to me, but I can't remember, to be honest with you. Yeah, but anyway, this is the venue that it should be at. Yeah. I'm still interested to see how many people they get going to this thing. Oh, dude, uh, we're going to this if we ever if UW ever makes it? Oh, 100%. Oh, I'm all the way going to this. Like, yeah. It'd be super fun. I bet, you, I bet you it gets a good crowd. You'd think so, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, but you know, I mean, that was the problem with Levi's is that you'd play these conference title games in front of like 15,000 people, you know? Yeah, no, this is going to be, I think this is going to be a good crowd. I mean, it's, it, why not, right? Dude, it's Vegas. This is yeah. fun. We got Utah's three point favorites having very recently beaten Oregon by more than 30 points. Um, they, a, a scant three point uh, situation. I don't know how this can be, but um, it, Vegas knows what they're doing. So they think Utah by three. I'm going to take the Utes. Uh, I'll take the Ducks just to try and snag one back on you. And also, because I don't think it's implausible, I think the the game at Utah, uh, Oregon, uh, because of what Cristobal has uh, purposely decided to do to their offense, is much better at getting out in front and playing from the front now. 
Whereas in the old days, it didn't matter. They were going to score 50, and it's just a question of how they were, you know, when they were going to get those points. Um, so I think about everything that went wrong against, everything that could have gone wrong against Utah went wrong against them. I think that was probably like a, you know, like a, a 5% outcome game. Uh, I think the teams are a little closer than that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I wonder, I, I mean, it makes me think about uh, the year uh when washington first made the bowl game coming back with locker and played nebraska in the holiday bowl yeah for getting smoked by nebraska earlier in the year yep uh then washington came back and gets a shock win against an extremely disinterested nebraska team to be fair um this yeah that's a the difference different. right like they, yeah. nebraska didn't want to be there um yeah so but that... <laughs> well, it's funny to think where they are now and how much they'd appreciate a holiday bowl. They would love them. They would would love to be in the holiday bowl. Yeah. I don't think I did, but I for sure priced holiday bowl merch after that game because it was like our first bowl win in forever. You know, I was at that game, bro. I was sitting there and I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, One of my favorite uh, Husky history moments was in that game. Where Locker went out on a scramble and got tackled, and it like knocked the uh, part of his helmet over his eyes, and they had like a mic'd up thing, and he thought he was blind. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I can't see. Like in the in the voice of a man who thinks he's lost the power of sight forever. Yeah, and then somebody just lifts the helmet up and he's like, Oh, okay, I can see. Yeah, <laughs> I love uh, that. that guy. God bless him. Not the, not. You know, holiday bowl champion, dude. Jay yeah, Lager. absolute holiday bowl champion. What a, completing like that was the the gods run. Yeah, against Cal, like, against Cal to win on fourth down, and I mean, just because they were barely even eligible, bowl eligible. Like, oh they, yeah, they had to win their like last three games. They can like or at least their last two. They were like four and six, and they somehow get to six and six. That's somehow- that drive against Cal in that game. They uh, Locker completed a bomb to Jermaine Curse. This is before we knew that Jermaine Curse was going to make $10 million playing in the NFL, you know? Yeah. He was just like a guy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he had a huge reception on that drive. Then Sark goes for it on fourth and one or whatever with a little power off the right tackle. Mm. Love it, what a, what a time to be alive. That was a fun team to watch. Let's hope we're going back to those days, dude. Well, I hope we're going past them. But <laughs> that team wasn't that good. But they, they won, were fun, at least. Dude, they won, a, they won a, the Holiday Bowl. The I'd take a bowl win. I'd take a bowl win. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Coach Pete really didn't do the bowl win thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was a problem. He, was, he had us being a little too good for the – or a little yeah, – regular season is a little too good for the bowls we ended up getting put in. Yeah. Um, Good problem to have. Uh, yeah. Sort of. Hmm. But you'd like to see him win one of those. Uh, Yeah, What what's the last thing we won against, like uh, – uh, Southern Miss or something? Yeah, the Heart of Dallas Bowl, maybe. Oh, know, like, yeah. <laughs> like in his second year, I think we beat the Southern Miss squad down yep, there. Yep, yep. Big I was, Gaskin day. I was in San Antonio for that. It's The game is in Dallas. It's like four hours away. And, like, the timing was such where we could have just gotten up in the morning and drove over there. And I was like, nah, that, no, this doesn't seem like Let's just stay here. And, Zaxby's. And, yeah, the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl. <laughs> And I, you know, and we won, but I'm I'm not I'm not sad that I didn't drive the four hours to Dallas to go see that. Go dogs, baby. 
Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'll take the – I don't really have a great reason. But I, I think, you know, Oregon, if they can keep it closer, you know, the, their pride will be really wounded by the fact that Utah kicked the ever-loving shit out of them the last time they played. What I was going to say, yeah, the, t- the two things that are different from the Washington-Nebraska situation that one year is, one, uh, Utah has something to play for in this game. This is a Rose Bowl berth on the line for them. Uh, or, you know, New Year's Six at least. I don't know if Rose Bowl's a playoff game this year or not. And then the second thing is that – there uh, not a lot of time has expired or transpired between uh, the previous ass kicking. Yeah, a but, couple things. A couple yeah. things for Oregon is I think they've got a number of uh, injuries still, which makes them pretty depleted in certain areas. So I think that's part of it. Uh, their duck Twitter complains a lot about that. So I think that's still happening. Um, and also, apparently, their like offensive coordinator is taking the head coaching job at Akron like the day after this game. The so. zips. The zips, dude. He's going Moorhead's going to the zips. Key so. key job to have at this point, right? Because uh who's the most famous person from Akron, Ohio? LeBron James. That's right. He's said before, you know, he's tweeted memes of himself in an Ohio, you know, in Cleveland Brown uniform. He did a commercial. Uh loves Ohio State. Represents himself as being the kid from Akron. He's got an NBA career that's winding down. Uh J.R. Smith, what did he do after he retired? Went and played college golf. Yeah, well, I don't see what the difference is. Doing it now, yeah. Yeah, so are you telling me in three years LeBron can't go play college football if he doesn't want to? Oh, sure, he certainly can because he never played, he never started college, which means the clock never started on his eligibility. Yeah, so we're like, and really, what injury risk is he at in the MAC? High, I think. You I think mean, so? I get hurt jogging, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you, you know, I've, I've, I, have a lot of respect for you as an athlete and so don't take this the wrong way uh apples and oranges yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i hear you i hear you and, and he's probably and, I, and i'm not bullshitting about that you are great at a lot of sports well, i thank you i appreciate that um i i, I hear you and he's probably got a, a slightly better training you know regime and and uh yeah, and, he's and, got that goddamn mirror that you hook on the wall and, yeah and, and nutritional <laughs> uh program than i do um i just think once you hit 40 uh which he's gonna do in a minute right like he's like yeah. 36 37 we're talking him like at 40 going to play college football like he's gonna step wrong you know like yeah <laughs> like, like it's gonna be one of those things where he's gonna be in it he's gonna be in a heap and it's not gonna be a he contest. could probably set his terms yeah, I mean, if which you are know, you know? Give me one of those red shirts they give to quarterbacks. Now, if anybody touches me at practice, they're off the team. Yeah, yeah. And if that's to the extent I practice at all, basically, yeah. give me a couple fade packages. I'll go out there, just throw the ball up in the air. I'm ten feet taller than everybody, yeah. and I can jump way higher than everybody. So. Greatest player to ever play the game. Top two, I mean, at least I don't want to get Heisman potential Heisman. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, back in the day. I, at like NCAA, I used to win the, the Heisman with my tight end all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, because he was six seven, and that was the deal. <laughs> oh, man. God, where are we going to bring that goddamn game back? I should come I back need soon, it. right? Yeah. I need it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So, we'll do some football games. We'll do a little uh, bowl preview next week for the teams that made it, and then we'll probably call it good for the year, I would think, right? That sounds like a plan to me. All right. Uh, that is for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>